Welcome to Rock Solid Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at www.rocksolidministries.org. Again, that's rocksolidministries.org. Our guest today is preacher Gary Mitchell of the Martin Church of Christ in Martin, Kentucky. Gary, you were the first preacher to bring Rock Solid Ministries to this part of Eastern Kentucky way back in 2006, and that's when we first met when we arrived to hold a revival in your old building in downtown Martin. Uh, November, uh, that's 15 years ago. 15, wow. Uh, now, 15 years later, we're conducting our eighth revival with your church, this time in your brand new building on the edge of town. And Greg and Lori have also been here several times, haven't they? To hold uh, Two or three anyway. And right. then they did the concert for us one time. Right. And he also did a, a, a video, uh, a live video stream. On, on uh, leadership. On leadership. And uh, I want to thank you and the Martin Church for serving as one of RSM's financial partners that keep us on the Revival Road and provide providing printed materials all over North America free of charge. I, I didn't want to do this whole interview and not thank you and the congregation. Well, we really appreciate that. Well, uh, now, after this long introduction, uh, <laughs> uh, we're ready to hear from you. So, uh, Gary, tell us your story. Well, uh, I guess we start, I was uh, immersed into Christ when I was eight years old. Yeah. Uh, in a creek. Uh, we didn't have baptism uh, or baptistry in the building. Uh, the preacher was uh, Lester Johnston. He's now passed on. He was big influence on me. Where where was that that you were baptized? That was at uh, Bethany uh, Christian Church in Mason County, Kentucky. Okay, is that near Mayfield? May Maysville. Maysville. Yeah, near Maysville. I held a revival there, probably in two thousand five. Little bitty church, right? Yeah, sits up on the hill in in the middle of a cemetery. Yep. Yeah. Yep, I sure did. I had no idea that's where you came from. Yeah, only had the one revival there, and the preacher was there. Uh, moved after that, and we never went back. So yeah. I don't yeah. even know if they're open now. Yeah, I wouldn't know. But uh, yeah, so but anyway, um, and we shared the same birthday, me and that minister. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a uh, retired, uh, retired from the navy, I guess and became a minister later on life. But he, he was an excellent minister, and he really encouraged me and so forth. But at that time, you know, even at eight years old, I was thinking about being a minister. And, of course, in my teenage years, <laughs> you know how that goes. Sure. You uh, get away from it. And even our family, um, you know, I can't remember... I can remember a time when we didn't go to church. Uh, after that, uh, Mom and Dad got up one morning and said, let's go for a Sunday drive. And uh, we did. The next Sunday, we did another drive. Three years later, we got back in church. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You so, know, it, it doesn't take very much. No, it doesn't. I, my, my mother was a Sunday school teacher, and when she quit teaching Sunday school when I was six, her and dad said, let's, let's take a Sunday off. Yeah. And uh, they came back. I grew up in a denominational church. They came back during my confirmation, confirmation and sprinkling. 
which of course later I was immersed when I right. heard the gospel, but right. but uh, they came back for that. And I remember maybe one Easter before I graduated high school, and and uh, yeah, it just takes one Sunday or two, and right. that's probably run into with COVID too. Yeah, but we'll we'll get back to that. Let's go on with your right. story now. Huh? And um, you know, after we got back into church and everything, you know, it was uh, you know good. I went to Sardis Christian Church in Sardis, Kentucky which is a little, a little farther away from uh, Maysville than Bethany was, but uh, we had a farm. We had a 400-acre farm in Mason and Robertson County. We lived right on the line. Uh, we raised 200 head of cattle and uh, nine and a half acres of tobacco, and, you know, I was a farm boy. And, you know, eventually, I guess my brothers were in the Air Force, and, that was when the lottery draft was in. Right. My number came up, and I went to the army to have you know the physical and all that. You know they called me in for that, and I said if I'm going into the service, I'm going to go into the air force like my brothers. And uh, so I went and took a test for the uh, air force, and uh, you know done done well on I think they said electronics and mechanics. And the recruiter had called, and he was going to come and talk to me. I haven't seen that guy yet. <laughs> he, still waiting on him, I guess. Still waiting on him. Uh, but uh, he, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they got lost or got in a car wreck or what. I've never heard from him since. Nothing. And that next week, I rededicated my life at the Plumville Church of Christ. Again, near Maysville, where Lester Johnston was preaching. Right. And... Uh, Decided to go to Kentucky Christian College, become a minister. Uh, so, I think the Lord said, "We don't want this guy coming here," because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know he never showed up. He never called. No, nobody from the Air Force ever called. So you didn't. Now your number came up, so you didn't get right. But I was at the very end of the law, draft lottery. Oh, okay. So they quit it before my number actually got called to come in to serve. I got. Had the physical and all that, but I never did have to go in and uh, and serve. And also, since I started becoming a minister, you know, there was that conscientious objector and all that kind of thing that, that helped me out on that as well. Okay. Not that I didn't want to serve, but, you know, I thought I'd serve in a better army. <laughs> right. So, uh, and I went to KCC. Uh, we... Uh, I was there. I never got a degree. About you know, like you, never got a degree. I got some college. Uh, met my wife. Uh, well, my she wasn't my wife then, I guess. <laughs> but I met Joyce, and we got married. Uh, my uh, in '72. I think I went to KCC in '70, '71. Yeah, in '71, and we got married that next uh, summer in '72. And we've been together for 49 years. And I started preaching a little before we got married. So, you know, I started preaching either late 71, early 72. So it's been about 49 years. I've been ordained since 75 in the Sardis Christian Church, my home church. So did you did you start preaching full-time uh, or full-time enough that you... It kind of interrupted your your studies and and getting married and all that together. Well, I, I think uh, some of it was you know I was preaching 
at some smaller churches. I was preaching at one church every Sunday and two churches every other Sunday, right. you know, in uh, Fleming County. And uh, so, you know, we were traveling and everything. We, then we started having kids and <laughs> things like that. And, you know, we just, you know, couldn't keep it going. Uh, I talked to a lot of ministers that that happened. They, and, and they got busy in ministry. And, yeah, and, you know, finances. We had to have jobs and so forth. But um, it's not, it's never harmed me not having a degree as far as getting uh, positions as ministers and so forth. Right. Uh, you know, and I know some that I applied for, they want a degree and all that at times. But, you know, the ones that I did go and uh, uh, have a trial sermon and all that, you know, they weren't really concerned about that. They just wanted to make sure you were teaching the truth. That's that's what I found through the years. Yeah. Yeah, many times they'll <clears throat> start out saying they'd like you to have this degree or that degree. Right. And uh, if they find out that you that you have experience or at least you have a good work ethic. If you're young, you have a good work ethic and you study and you stick with the scriptures. Uh, They're pretty happy with that. Oh, yeah. Most of them are anyway. Most of them, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you some stories in a little bit. (laughs) Uh, So, uh, you know, we preached at, uh, you know, George and I got married and we preached at those two uh, small churches, uh, Fairview Christian Church and Ailes, not Ailes Chapel, Bailey's Chapel uh, uh, Christian Church and you know that we did that for a couple of years while we were at school and then uh, we uh, accepted uh, well I was preaching part-time at uh, I can't remember it's been so long ago that I can't remember some of the names that has something to do with I don't I don't know the white hair and something like that <laughs> yeah but anyway it was a church in Nicholas County and uh, my uncle and aunt went there actually uh, and I preached there part time and then uh, I was ordained in 75 at Sardis and then we accepted a position in Wisconsin uh, northern Wisconsin up, up, wow that, that was a change wasn't it yeah uh, Hickory Corners uh, Christian Church and uh, we were there for oh, a year or so and the finances got a little difficult I never did make a whole lot of money preaching, <laughs> you know. And uh, I've been told there's a lot of money in preaching. I said there must be because I never got any I out of it. it. <laughs> but uh, in Wisconsin, you know, it was a good little church, but we had to have a discipline uh, situation. Uh, one of the deacons and the Sunday school superintendent, which was a woman, and I guess she was the pianist too, uh, were having an affair. Mm. So we had to have Sad. had this discipline, and they they understood that you know they they said that's what you need to do, and uh, so it worked for a while. But after we left, then they got back into the church without changing their situation, and the mm. church allowed it. So, uh, but we were there for uh, like I said, took a couple of years, and the winters were pretty hard, and we were getting behind on our gas bill and so forth. So we had to had to get out of there. But uh, they uh, built a new parsonage while we were there, uh, so they had they got a uh, inheritance, and they decided to build a new parsonage, which they needed. Was it a, a country church? Yeah, yeah, oh, out of the country. We were about fifty miles north of Green Bay. 
Okay. Yeah. So, uh, situation like that, it's just almost imperative for a church to have a place for the preacher to live. Right. Because if you move in and try to buy, it's hard to find a place. If you find a right. place, it's hard to sell when you move. Right. Uh, but in a city situation, it's better to do the other down, yeah. I think. So. But, uh, but, you know, it was it was a pretty good church most of the time. You know, the people, we liked the people and, and all that. And that, of course, that was my first full-time ministry. <laughs> so, you know, I, I had a learning curve there, too, you know. Uh, so, and, uh, you know, when I was, go, go back a minute, when I was ordained, uh, Lester Johnston was supposed to have the message for that, but he got tied up in... Virginia somehow, I don't know how what happened, so uh, Chuck Perry um, came in and done the service. He was one of our ministers at Sardis uh, when we went there, and he, uh, we, we stay in touch quite a bit, you know, and we, uh, I think I told you the other day that our family always had the ministers because there was weekend ministers. They, they always stayed with us. When you were growing up. When I was growing yeah. up, yeah. Chuck Perry and uh, some others. Uh, so, uh, Johnston's and, and all that. So, uh, we, uh, you know, I've, we've been around ministers in quite a bit, I guess. And learning and growing. And from Wisconsin, we went back to Illinois. Joyce, Joyce is from Illinois, about Chicago. Her dad was a minister. He preached for 60-some years, I guess. What was his name? David Downey. David Downey. He okay. was uh, in mission work, uh, uh, New Testament Negro evangelism mm-hmm. in Chicago area. And uh, he helped start two or three churches in, in the black community south, south side of Chicago and Joliet. That would have been in the 60s? 60s, yeah, 70s, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, well, 50s, 60s, 70s, I guess. He preached, he basically preached until the day he died. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he, uh, you know, he was a good mentor for me, too. You know, I interned with him at the Paxton Avenue uh, Church of Christ in the south side of Chicago for one summer. And well, Did you meet Joyce at college? Yeah, at KCC. Okay, yeah. so you didn't meet her while you were interning Right, but it, it kind of, so you moved back to Illinois. Yeah, and where did you go to Illinois? Uh, well, we uh, got connected with the First Christian Church in Joliet, and I think that's the time that uh, I was a youth minister there. You know, there hasn't been a time that I haven't been done uh, doing youth ministry or preaching ministry or something. And that, of course, you know, when I was doing the youth ministry, I was uh, part time and cutting meat as well hmm. uh, so we had different jobs sometimes but you know from there it was in uh, Illinois and then we came uh, let's see went to Ohio to Bellsville where's Bellsville at? it's uh, about 40 miles west of Columbus yeah. okay. and it's B-E-A-L-L-E-S Ville uh, an interesting thing about that uh, town, they were exempt from sending any more uh, boys to uh, Vietnam because they had lost so many. Really? That town. Yeah. I so, never heard of that. They never wouldn't have. That. Uh, they didn't call any more people from there. Wow. Yeah, so. Never had heard of that. 
so you're at Bellsville as the preacher? As the preacher and full-time preacher there. And when I got there, they didn't tell me this before I was hired. <laughs> when I got there, they said, we want you to take your, this little church out over there too, uh, uh, Powhatan Point. And uh, the big church, well, I guess consider it a big church, but they ran about 200, uh, Bellsville. Powhatan ran about 60. And uh, they, well, I need to preach both of them on Sunday, had midweek services on both of them, you know, and all the visiting and all that, oh. and ended up, you know, Bellsville wanted me five days a week plus Sunday, um, and uh, Powhatan wanted me two days a week plus Sunday. Hmm. So that sounds like eight days a week. <laughs> well, that sounds like that's not like any typical ministry. I don't know what you're. I don't know what you're complaining about. If yeah, you're complaining, that sounds like, like every ministry I ever did. Yeah, but, yeah. So that was a little bit it's much. A little rough, and uh, we were there for a little while. But you know, most most of our ministries are from two to three years, uh, which is, I guess, an average with a lot of people uh, with the ministries, brotherhood, whatever. Well, that was also very difficult trying to take care of two, and and probably dealing with two leadership groups. Right. And uh, and if you've got one that's maybe a church of fifteen, and one that's a church of 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 a hundred or two hundred, that's not so hard. Right. You know, but when you've got sixty uh, is a uh, is a decent size right. little church, and right. which means it's got the problems of a decent size little church and its situations and leadership. Right. And and then uh, and any preacher will tell you that, that as much as we love the, the God's leaders that are called, there are times that it's difficult to deal with one group of leaders. Right. Uh, as my wife used uh, used to tell people when they'd say, uh, "Well, if Tom can't fix the uh, plumbing at the parsonage, uh, uh, get the." you know, talk to the church leaders. And she says, you know how hard it is to get one man <laughs> to get something done to the parson? Now you want me to get eight guys to agree and get something done to the parson? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but so you were there for a few years and, and uh, yeah. where did you go from there? I'm trying to think. Uh, from there we went, I think we went back to Illinois actually uh, and uh, went back to the First Christian Church as a youth minister again. And, uh, I think so. No, I wasn't youth minister there. I, I was preaching part-time at another church in Indiana, but I, we were living in Joliet. So you've been at this a long time. And yeah. It's hard to remember. How many years have you been at this? I've been preaching for 49 years. 49 years? Yeah. So it's, uh, our listeners, uh, you know, you think if you can think back of everything you've done over the last 49 years, if you could sit and tell somebody about right. it. Right. Takes a little thing. So you went back to Joliet yeah. as youth minister. Well, no, actually I didn't go back as youth minister then. I was, uh, we were members at the, the church there, and I actually became a deacon there. And I was working with the youth, but I wasn't their minister, but I was preaching part-time over and. uh, at a new church start in uh, Indiana, um, okay. and uh, I forget the name of that. I and mean, we, they were meeting in a trailer, and I was preaching there uh, for a little while, and filling in for them. And uh, then we came back to Kentucky. If I'm getting all these straight, Joyce might be better. <laughs> to give it She'll listen to this and, and correct you while she's listening yeah. to this podcast. Uh, but uh, we won't know the difference, so yeah. just go ahead and. 
<laughs> but uh, we came back to Kentucky. Actually, we came back full-time to Plumville Church of Christ, uh, where uh, I had decided I was going to become a minister. And I knew, I knew the people. I went to high school with some of those people <laughs> and uh, so forth. And uh, we were there for about two or three years, I guess. And uh, But before we went, there was a split, you know. Uh, when the old minister left, about 20 people went with him. Mm. And so, uh, you know, uh, so, you know, they were having little difficulties there, but uh, I got fired from there. Uh, well, you're not a good preacher if you've been fired uh, at least at least once. Well, I've been fired more than once. <laughs> then, you're a, then you're a stupendous, wonderful preacher. Uh, <laughs> they... Uh, They uh, wanted us, uh, well, they said that, you know, our finances are going down and all that and all that. But they conveniently forgot they sold a church van or bought a church van. And, you know, that money was gone there. So, you know, they blamed me for the financial loss. Mm. Uh, I think there was something else besides that that they were worried about. But uh, I don't know. Uh, So, you know. They said, you, we want you to resign. I said, no, I'm not. You can fire me if you want to, but I'm not resigning. Uh, we also ministered, and like I said, the chronologic of these things, I'm not sure if I got it all correct or not. Um, we were in Hume, Illinois, central Illinois, uh, a, a church there. And, uh, you know, we were there, like I said, a couple of years probably. And they had a vote of confidence. I had preached a sermon on uh, adultery, you know, what God says about adultery. And I didn't under, didn't know that wife swapping was going on. Mm. And they had, uh, they had uh, women on the board as deacons and so forth. But anyway, uh, they called for a vote of confidence. They called in everybody who had ever come to that church. They passed out ballots, but they passed out uh, handfuls of ballots to individual. Joyce got three or four herself, and they said, vote yes or no. They didn't say yes, keep him, or yes, get rid of him, or nothing. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know what it was. Seems like there was an awful lot of unbiblical things going yeah, on there. Yeah, there there was. And, uh, well, they had elders that wouldn't pray. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that, so I called on the one that wouldn't pray. Guess what he did? He prayed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, the vote went against me. And uh, they said, uh, we want you to resign. I said, nope. I want you, you, if you want to fire me, fine, but I want my severance. And the uh, treasurer, they said, well, we can't do that because you're not going to preach. The treasurer spoke up and says, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, we got the, I, I think it was two weeks. And uh, we moved out the next next two next couple of days. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's sad what we see in churches yeah. uh, that uh, churches many of them do a very fine job and they're very biblical and they they have good biblical leadership. But we've allowed the world to come in, and it mm-hmm. hasn't happened just recently. It's been happening for for years. And mm-hmm. and when you do that, uh, when you have worldly leaders. And in the church, and 
they don't see a need to stick with the gospel and you preach the gospel and they don't want that, then all right. of a sudden, well, it's the preacher's fault. Let's get rid of him. Right. And we can continue with our club. And like I say, you might as well just call it a community club. Right. And, and uh, not, not the church of Jesus Christ. Right. And this happens in, in all churches. Uh, I mean, of all, all kind of backgrounds, no matter what the church is, that this type of stuff goes on. And uh, makes our job more important right. to do what we do. And it's good when churches say, okay, we've been wrong. Right. And they do that sometimes. And, right. they, and they straighten up. Right. Um, the, the one church in Illinois, the First Christian Church in Joliet, and, uh, you know, I'm not cutting anybody down with anybody, any of these people here, what I'm saying. Um, just you know, just yeah, they're gonna they're I'm gonna just, find you. They I'm know just, where you I'm live. Just present, <laughs> present what I what I what I what I felt, what I uh, experienced uh, when I was youth minister there, or was it just when I was a deacon, when I was just a deacon there? Uh, they had a gentleman that uh, we found out had abused his daughter, and he was on the board. And, well, no, he wasn't on the board, but he was a member there, and. Uh, me and one of the other deacons presented the information we had to the board, and uh, they said, you know, just shut that Bible, you know, because we show them in the Bible, and shut that Bible and use your common sense. This man gave a lot of money. Um. And uh, so, uh, you know, we, we left the church uh, there and went to a, a nearby church for a while. But later on down the line, we got a call from them, from the elders, who said we were wrong. And they had got up in front of the congregation and, and repented of that. So That's good. We're pleased That's that good to know, that. yeah. Uh, so, uh, but anyway. Uh, so let me see. So you, you, you got fired your second time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And... We got one more time. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> but. Uh, well, 49 years. Of, yeah. Right. Yeah. But, and this all happened the first 20 years of my ministry. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, then, I, like I say, the chronological order of this, I, I'm, I'm jumping around. I know I am. We ended up in uh, East Liberty, Ohio. Um, and uh, there, you know, things were going fairly well. Except we should have seen the omen, uh, or the sign. Uh, every weekend there was a Budweiser truck parked in front of the church because they live next door and they park right there in front of the church. <laughs> you know, um, big semi, you know. And uh, the uh, phone extension is 666. So, uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> you had all kinds of signs, didn't you? Yeah. But anyway, you know, things went pretty well there most of the time until... Um, we uh, needed a roof on the building, and they, you know, put out bids, and one of the deacons, you know, said he would do it for such and such a price, and they said, okay, we'll let him do that. And uh, it was early October, and, uh, you know, there wasn't enough sun to seal it completely. It was a uh, shingle roof, and there was a leak. And he got up there and tried to find it and so forth, and... We came, we had gone somewhere, Joyce and I and the kids had gone somewhere, and came back and there was cars and, at the church and lights on in the building. 
they had called the elders or the board had called this man in um, to uh, rake him over the coals because of the leak in the roof. And I mean, they they raked him over. I, I didn't know anything about it. This meeting, and they raked him over. And he, thirty-five years old, went home and had a heart attack. You know, he survived, but he had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. You know, because of that. So the next Sunday, I preached a sermon on kindness. Then I got raked over the coals. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have preached. One guy said you should have preached that sermon six months ago or six months from down the line. I said we needed it now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and one of the elders actually cussed me out. Yep. So, uh, needless to say, uh, I left there too. <laughs> you know, they 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 wanted to uh, preview my sermons before I preached them. I said that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I've I've heard that even recently. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm the same way. You yeah. know, uh, I don't. I don't write my sermons for your approval. I right. write my sermons for God's approval. Right. And and uh, so yeah. Then again, I had I had to move on. <laughs> but uh, you know, and then I guess then after that, when we finally came down to Plumville, and then uh, after Plumville, uh, the situation I was part time at Ailes Chapel in Lewis County, uh, Kentucky. Still in Kentucky, yeah. yeah. And. Uh, was there for a little while, and that was an interesting church. They'd been wrote up in the Christian standard. Um, whoever came to Sunday school, they had the same amount for Sunday morning and Sunday night. They all came every sun, every, every service. Wow. You know, which is unusual. <laughs> yeah, very much. But, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, we didn't have any problems there. Uh, but uh, then... Uh, Hoyt Allen, I don't know, you know Hoyt? I, 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 I know of him. I, I believe yeah. I've met him maybe one time. Yeah, when he was the director of Kyover for a while. Now, Kyover, you might explain that for um, our listeners. In Kentucky, West Virginia, Ohio uh, Evangelistic Association. Hmm. Uh, that's a strange name, and I thought we ought to get yeah. that out there. They uh, they help churches in the tri-state area. You know, they even help new ministers get started and, and so forth. Uh, they do a lot of good work. Uh, they helped us with this building, actually, you know, financially. Um, but Hoyt called me one day, you know, because I was I was looking at, you know, you know, we were preaching at Ailes. Joyce had a daycare center in our home, in our home, and I, you know, I'd mentioned to Hoyt that, you know, I'm, you know, maybe looking, to, you know, to get into the full time ministry again. And I was I was cutting meat for a while there too. Uh, with that, and, and then one day he called. Well, no, he called. He says, "I gave your name to a church in Martin, Kentucky." And uh, he, uh, I said, "Okay." He said, "They'll probably be calling you." And I guess the next night or so, Steve Stout called. Uh, he was one of our elders here, and uh, we've set a date to come down. It was uh, June the fourteenth. 92, um, uh, yeah, flag day, uh, I came down for our first, uh, trial, trial sermon, and of course we were in the old building, we walked in that building, uh, with our 
Do we have all four kids or there's just three of them? Maybe just three of them. And uh, yeah, because Carol was already married. But uh, had our kids with it. And they accepted us as family the moment we walked in that door. You know? And uh, went through the trial sermon, talked with the, with the board, and then, you know, came back for a second sermon. And then we moved here in July that uh, that year, 92. I've been here ever since. 29 years. 29 years. Over 29 years, really. Yeah, a little bit yeah. over 29 yeah. years. And uh, we've been treated as family the whole time, even when our kids would, you know, our son especially, would come to church with purple hair and everything <laughs> else. Uh, so, uh, you know, they they said, well, they're kids, you know. Yeah. So. Uh, they're, uh, uh, I've noticed that ever since I've been coming here that you are, uh, you're not a hired hand here. You're you're a part of the, of the church family, right. and that's what it should always be. That yeah. we're we're not. I've always said I'm not a minister at this church uh, to pull a paycheck. I'm a minister because you want someone that can put full time effort into evangelism, mm -hmm. and that's what I can do. So I'm here, right. uh, and I my family comes, and when my kids begin working, we all tithe. Uh, they took their, they, they either sang in the choir or they worked in the youth programs or they worked right. in the nursery. Uh, uh, my son and I mowed, uh, took our turns mowing the churchyard. Yeah. Uh, and uh, even at, at my last church, uh, we were there nine years and, and um, when we went there, there wasn't but 15 or so, with, including my family. And I took my turn serving the table. And my last Sunday there, when we had uh, 200 people, mm -hmm. uh, I was on the schedule to serve communion. Yeah. And, and I'm just, uh, I'm a member of the church who happens to preach. And that's right. what, that is biblical. Right. That is biblical. Right. And that's what you found here, it looks like. Right. I think so. Uh, you know, we, anybody can do anything, you know, any, anything that they're able to do, they're willing to do. Uh, you know, man or woman, whatever. Uh, so, uh, you know, and I think this building proved that, you know, yeah. people just came out and just helped in any way that they could to get this building up. And this is not a large church. Let's, let's, let's no. make that clear. It's, uh, when we first came, we were probably running 50 or 60. And of course we had, a, I think in the last 29 years, we've had 40 deaths. Right. And uh, of course we you know, have a few people coming in once in a while. Uh, so, you know, we're down to about 30 people right now. Uh, but with that 30 people, we've done quite a bit uh, with with it. Uh, you know, it's, it's amazing to me that God has provided what he's provided. And as far as this building is concerned, you know, and I know that, that's probably one of the biggest things that I've done physically right in my ministry is to help with this building well tell us about that how how this building came about because well, it's a beautiful the, location and, and building the army, army of corps of engineers uh, came in to martin and we're at our old location and said that we're going to do a flood project and you're going to have to be moved down it's mandatory that you leave your building now that building's been there since 19 it was completed in 1935 uh, I think the church was started in 1933, but the building was in 1935. So, you know, it's been there about 80 years. 
so uh, you know it was a little hard for some people to leave. You know, of course, a lot of the older ones have died off anyway, but you know we still have a couple of the older ones. Uh, and well, some of the people here have been there for quite a year, a few years actually. Uh, but um, they came in and said we got to move. Well, they were talking about a ten-year project. So, you know, we geared up to try to, you know, figure out what we need to do, started the building fund and, and all, all that, because we didn't know how much they were going to give us for the building and all that. 22 years later, <laughs> oh. they finally buy our building. We literally, our church building, uh, the basement was the first thing to flood when the floods came, and we were the last one bought out. Hmm. So, you know. And they bought out these houses. I know over the years that we came there, you were on this one-way street, very narrow one-way street. Right. And, and I don't mean to put anybody down, but I, I've seen some bad locations, and this is this was one of the worst locations in a town. Right. But at the time, it was probably a very good location because the town was a very busy town, one block away from right. the downtown. And, right. uh, and they didn't need parking back in 1935 so much. Right, and they, you know, Steve Stout, one of our older elders, of course he's passed away, but he said at one time everybody on that street came to church. Right, and yeah, yeah and, and, and for its time it was a good location, but for modern times it was one of the worst locations I've right. seen for a modern time. And when we first came, there was no parking. We didn't have a parking lot. They didn't have a parking lot. They just had the street parking. And uh, that's the first thing George Nath says. You know, there's not going to be a whole lot of growth with no parking. People come by, and in fact, we had a couple of people that drove by and says we couldn't find a parking place, so we went somewhere else. Yeah. And, uh, and then the house burnt down two doors from us, and uh, I told the men we need to buy that parking lot, uh, that uh, house, and make a parking lot. And uh, they hemmed and hauled, and then one guy, one uh, a couple of them says. Well, we'll buy it. And they put up the money to buy it. Uh, and uh, I told them in the house right next to us, uh, there uh, came up for sale. I said, we need to buy that. And the bank was foreclosing on it. And they says, well, we'll wait till it goes up to auction. Guess what? It never went up to auction. Mm -hmm. Somebody else bought it from the bank. Well, you know, we could have had more space, but uh, we never did get it. So, but anyway. well, and they may have all been thinking, well, we're going to be moving anyway, because I mean, well, all actually, but seven years of your ministry here has been, actually, we're supposed to be moving, is that right? Yeah, but actually that was before the project was started, oh, okay. when they're talking yeah. about that, buying that property, and that was before the other house burned. So, uh, but it is what it is, and but we found the perfect location uh, for us. Uh, the Corps gave us about $190,000 for our parking lot in our building. And uh, one of the ladies of the church, her husband had just recently became a Christian. And uh, he shortly thereafter died of stage four cancer. And she says, I've got some property that, you know, she has 75 acres. She said she'd sell some. And... Uh, we made a deal with her for $60,000 to buy the property of three acres. And then uh, it helped her because she didn't have any income coming in. And it helped us 
because we couldn't find anything for less than $200,000 probably, uh, 150000 to $100,000 up to 400000 and that would just take everything that the court gave us. And we are grateful to uh, God put put it on the hearts of many Christians and congregations, individuals, to uh, donate toward building this building. Uh, building that costs us about $400,000, including the parking lot. And uh, it's debt-free, thanks to what God's done through loving Christians. And I greatly appreciate that. And it's it's amazing to me that, you know, yeah, we sent out appeal letters. We didn't know what we would get. Uh, but uh, money just kept coming in. And uh, every time we needed something, it was there. And uh, and I was telling you the other day, Tom, about uh, we'd come down to finishing, uh, you know, part of the building, and we needed $30,000. And uh, we... Uh, we were going to go to the bank and get a loan. One bank wouldn't wouldn't do anything for us. The other bank said they'd do it, but there were so many roadblocks that we had to do make this step and that step and so forth. And I think God was putting those roadblocks there because he knew that we had a lady that was going to come and allow us to use her credit card for $25,000 if we got the other 5000 And we did. And so therefore we're debt free. And, uh, you know, it's, it uh, is truly amazing, it knowing, is amazing what God's done. knowing the church as long as I have and seeing where you've come from and the situation you were in and, and knowing the years that we've come here and you were still looking for property mm-hmm. and, and, um, if people have never been here, there's not a lot of flat land no. to own, you know, mm-hmm. and that flat land comes at a high price. Right. And besides the finances that God's provided, over the years, even before we were got the property and, and all moving and everything, God has brought together the individuals that we needed to do this building. And it um, starts out, we had to had to excavate some of this. We got people that can run do- bulldozers, you know, heavy equipment. So all we had to do was rent the equipment, and they, they did the work. Uh, we needed a plumber. We needed an electrician. A few years before this, we got a retired electrician. And then uh, a little later, we got a a plumber, you know. So we didn't have to pay a plumber or electrician, you know, uh, uh, in doing this work. Uh, So, you know, God has provided everything that we have have needed to put a building here. So I think God wants us here. (laughs) Yeah. You know. And uh, he's going to provide the growth. He's going to help us to do what we need to do to be a witness in the community. And our location right across the street is a um, elementary school. You know, so people are coming past every day, you know, during school time. It's not COVID. But, you know, there's a tremendous amount of traffic goes down this road anyway without the school. And there really wasn't any traffic on your street. No. Particularly after all the houses were bought out and you were just sitting there as a church with all these empty and deteriorating houses around you. And, you know, it's sad, but um, I talked to people, you know, when we were at the old building, I said, you know, where where we're at, I never knew there was a church there. They lived here all their lives. Yeah. I never knew there was a church building over there. You know? 
So people know we're here because you got that 90 degree curve down here. Yeah. <laughs> that they have to slow down for. And just when you get off the main highway, uh, well, to turn the grocery store that's on the end down there, yeah. you can, uh, in the winter, when the trees, you, you can you see the building, the and in the summer, by the time you're crossing the rail tracks, which is about halfway between mm -hmm. the building and the highway, you can see the corner of the building. Right. And uh, great yeah. location. Yeah. yeah. Now, God's provided all this for us, and, uh, you know, we're thankful and grateful for what he's done for us. And, uh, you know, we need, uh, right now, we need uh, some, some funds for uh, uh, Blacktop. And we've already got one lady that has donated 10000 toward it. Uh, so we're going to try to get that much done, you know, and then go from there. Uh, I think total we need about 30000 But, uh, you know, God's going to provide that too. Mm -hmm. You know, when we first started this project, you know, we... Thought, well, we'll get part of it done, then we'll have to wait a while and get some more funds. And those. We didn't stop. You know, we just kept right on going until it was done. You know, even through COVID and all that. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we really appreciate it. And uh, our men really stepped up to build, it, build this. You know, we had, you know, on the weekends we had more uh, people working, but during the week, we had four or five gentlemen that uh, were here basically every day, and the youngest one was 65, and the oldest one was, was 80. Wow. Uh, and then we did the work. Well, the building came out really nice, and you got the, you uh, bought back from the core your old windows from the old yeah, building, yeah. so it gives... They, they were, you know, the windows and the pews were attached, so we had to buy them back if we were going to have them. Right. You know, you know so, uh, but, and we incorporated those windows into our building, and we, so we appreciate that and they they gave us a decent price to buy them back you know it wouldn't uh, probably wasn't what they were worth but right <laughs> you know right. you know they helped us uh, I think one other thing that I do you know for those who are listening you know especially young ministers and I we talked about me being fired and you know how people, you know, Christians may treat the young ministers, and I've talked to other ministers that, you know, young ministers that, you know, they've been treated bad, so they thought they'd just get out of the ministry and all that, and I know one that actually did. Uh, my my uh, challenge would be hang in there. Yeah. Hang in there. If you are truly called to do this work, hang in there, because your time will come where you'll have a good working relationship with the people and you will be able to build for the kingdom. You know, God's preparing you for something. And I right. think through all of what we went through, God prepared me to let something just roll off a back. <laughs> you know, right. don't worry about it. You know, people are, are going to be who they are, but you know, God's got a place for you. And I think God brought me here to Martin uh, to minister to them. And when we first heard of this project, George and I said, we're going to see them through this project. You know, of course, we didn't know it was going to be this long. Didn't know it was going to be 22 years. <laughs> but but uh, nonetheless, you know, we saw them through it. And uh, we're going to continue to see them through it, you know, and, and unless my health, you know, goes down. And uh, there's another thing that uh, God has helped me through. Uh, is my health. Uh, 
I was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. Uh, when was it? Eighteen, two thousand eighteen. But the thing is. I went in for a wellness check for my Social Security, or Medicare, actually. And, uh, you know, the doctor, you know, ordered the blood test and all that, and he ordered an x-ray inadvertently. He didn't, he doesn't normally order x-rays. And uh, he ordered that x-ray, and they found a spot on my lung. And uh, they said, uh, he sent me to a lung specialist, and... Uh, they looked at it, and they watched it for a year, and uh, nothing happened, and I thought I was going to get released. Well, the last checkup, it had grown a little bit, so they sent me on to a, a surgeon, and he said that, uh, you know, in, in this cancer, it was a non-small cell carcinoma, and uh, he said that, uh, you know, we asked him what we were going to do with it, what we what we needed to do. And he said, well, let's be aggressive and take this upper right lung lobe out. You know, just take the whole thing and take a few of the lymph nodes just to check them out. And uh, we agreed, you know, let's do that. I was diagnosed, you know, as far as the surgery and everything, I was, it was, uh, I think, February that I found out that it was actually cancer. April we had the surgery and uh, everything went well. I didn't have to have any uh, radiation or chemo or anything. And uh, first Sunday of May, I was back preaching. Hmm. So I think God saw me through all that. Yes, I had cancer, but not like other people, apparently. Right. You know, because I only knew it a couple of months. Yeah. <laughs> and it was done. You know, and I had to go back for checkups uh, every six months. Well, now it's every year for a couple of years. But everything's been fine. My lung capacity is uh, at 89%. Uh, so I do get tired sometimes and out of breath sometimes. But other than that, you know, everything's fine with, as far as my health is concerned. Of course, I think February they found out I was diabetic and, and all that. But that can be taken care of too. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I remember when we heard about about that, and we were mm -hmm. praying for you, and and uh, I'm happy to see you. you. Seem like you're in good health, and and mm -hmm. uh, maybe, Lord willing, you'll get to stay here uh, a lot longer. No, yeah. uh, I was saying last night that Elisha uh, kept his position as <clears throat> as uh, as prophet for about 50 years, and yeah. you, you got 21 more to catch up to him so well, as far as this congregation yeah as far as as far as this congregation <laughs> right right and and uh but you're you're about there uh all told and i like what you said and I, i'm always saying that 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 uh what i want to live through some of these situations i went through in ministry again or anything that i've gone through in life that was difficult because we all and no matter what job you have in life whatever uh wherever god has led you to work you're going to have difficulties, and oh, you're, yeah. you're going to. Have, but if we take it, if we're walking in the kingdom, we're walking with Christ, we're seeking first the kingdom. We realize as time goes on, as we mature, as we get older, that everything that happens to us, God is using, whether He caused it to happen or just allowed it to happen. He uses that to prepare us for what is ahead, right. what is down the road, and 
you could probably not have stayed here 29 years had it not been for some of the things you went through before you got here. Right. And the, the lessons that you learned. Well, that, and I think this congregation, you know, even though they had uh, elderly elders, <laughs> you know, right. uh, they didn't mind trying new things. And the congregation didn't mind trying new things. And, uh, you know, you try it. If it works fine, if it doesn't, we'll try something else. And I think that helped a lot, too. Sure, it always you know, does. You know, and especially, you know, uh, in the last few years, uh, I guess a decade or so, uh, when we're switching over from using the hymn books to the screens and so forth, I had only one, we only had one complaint, and that complaint, after a couple, three weeks, was fine <laughs> Yeah. with it. You know, uh, so, um, you know, and with all the technology we have now, no, I think everybody's on board with it, have no complaints with it or anything. And, uh, you know, they don't mind uh, a change. They don't mind, uh, you know, trying new uh, things and so forth. And I, I really appreciate about them about that. Now, you are, uh, you are online. Your services are online. Right. And uh, though we want to say if people live near here, we want you in the building. Right. But for those <laughs> from a distance who may be listening from anywhere around the country uh, or overseas, if they'd like to join you for worship services, how would they find you? Uh, as far as online? Online. Okay. Uh, at Facebook at Martin Church of Christ uh, 2020. Uh, yeah, 2020. Our, uh, our website, I think he's posted on our website, martinchurchofchrist.net. Okay. So. All right. Well, uh, I just appreciate you taking time to, to out of your busy, busy day to, yeah. to sit here and visit with me and... and uh, uh, listeners probably get tired of hearing this, but we're going to go have some lunch here in just a little bit. And, <laughs> and we got to eat early lunch because it's yeah. revival. And we're having an early supper tonight. So, uh, but, but it's been good talking with you and learning a few things and finding out about that church at Bethany. I had no idea about that. That's, that's interesting. But, um, if this program has, uh, been helpful to you, uh, listener, I hope that you'll share it with your friends and coworkers in Christ. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye, and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain. <laughs> <laughs>